Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday morning <laughs> to you, gents. Oh, Ooh, first hello. time I ever heard it. Top I love of. It. Top of. I know you guys don't no, ever get new, to hear it live. That's great. <laughs> I have once. This yeah, is yes. my second time that's hearing true. it live. That is yes. true. How are things going? What's new with you guys? Still quarantined. 
Boha! Uh, yes. Yeah, you're still doing this quarantine thing? Yeah. I've reopened my kissing booth and it's going great. <laughs> I played in my first virtual poker tournament Whoa. with friends last Ooh, night. That's cool. And it and I've been actually playing like with strangers and stuff on pokerstars.net to get better and it turns out I'm still very bad at poker. <laughs> well, is there some sort of um are you awesome. able to do it with real money when you're with friends? No. Still no. You yes, you switch you play with fake chips and then we agree on a buy-in or something like that and it pays out with some sort of algorithm. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Figure That's it out cool. later. Yeah. Yeah, because with yeah. poker stars it's still fake stuff, right? Correct. Full That's tilt cool. when full tilt went under, I think they took like ten of my dollars with them. <laughs> oh no, the whole ten of your dollars? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, Hold you that can't precious money. Exactly. <laughs> there were lots of people that lost a lot more than 10. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody made off with that money somewhere. Oh, I think it's in some government stronghold right now. Is it just until yeah, the case is heard? Yeah, fun times. So what's new in the world of movies? Anything exciting? Are you have you guys watched anything fun, exciting, interesting? I watched Parasite <laughs> this week oh, for the first yes. time. I didn't love it. We talked about this a little bit before we recorded the film board last week. Unfortunately, it's it as, as wonderful a movie as, as it is. It's just really not a good movie for me because it's about fraudsters trying not to get caught, you know, in fraud and things like this. And those aren't movies like the drama and suspense that surrounds that is not like interesting to me. It's only <laughs> drama and suspense for that sake. So I didn't love it as much as everybody. I, I understand that it's beautiful. I, I would have rather have seen it in the theater, but um, but like I liked Snowpiercer significantly greater than Parasite in my mind. So then, let me ask you: Do you feel the same about Dirty Rod Scoundrels? <laughs> Why do you say that? Because it's about fraudsters. Fraudsters, oh, but it's more of a comedy. Like I, I know, can laugh but I'm just at checking. Steve Martin. I'm just trying to gauge like, where's eh, that line. <laughs> yeah, it's the drama and suspense that I have a problem with, not the, not I gotcha. the, the silly stuff. <laughs> so as long as it's goofy fraudsters, it's a okay, right? Because we're making fun of it. It's not real. It's just it's just legend. <laughs> That's interesting because I thought Parasite was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> what Funniest a movie. Why didn't the Golden Globes put it up for best comedy? Right? Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny. Uh, they always get it wrong. Yep, they do. I tell you. <laughs> Tommy, what about you? What have you been watching? I watched a movie that was supposed to come out in the theaters that was released on VOD called Vivarium. It oh, has Jesse okay. Eisenberg and Emojin Poots in it, and it is a, I guess you would probably call it a horror thriller, but it's mainly a, it's kind of a long metaphor for the, maybe the trap that familyhood in suburbia can be. This hmm. couple is shown a house that maybe they want to buy. It's in one of those... Uh, uh, it's like an Weeds, Edward Scissorhands the, neighborhood, right? Like the Exactly. Perfect, All the houses yeah. look exactly the same and stuff. And while they're being shown the house, the person that's showing to them disappears and they cannot find their way out of the neighborhood. Disappears. And so they like... Like just, just like disappears, vaporizes, or is walks out, walks gone. out of frame, and you never see oh. him again. It's very, it's satirical. It's very eerie. It's very funny at times. Mm -hmm. It's very, very bleak by the end of it. Oh. But the whole thing is seems to be. It can be taken as sort of a condemnation as you get married young and you think you're supposed to go into this plan of having getting a house and then having a kid, having a pet, all this stuff, and that maybe that can be seen as a a trap I, that you're that caught in a cool, maze actually. yeah because at some I point really they end up it. they're all of a sudden like 
where did this kid come from? Right? Don't they? Isn't that something I remember from the well, trailer? The, the, the kid is delivered in a box out, almost like Amazon <laughs> outside, outside oh of gosh. their outside of their new house, which they didn't even really decide on. They're like, okay, here's your kid because this is what comes next. Oh, I like it's that. Pretty cool. Though. That that almost it's like pretty it's cool. not as deep as Mother, obviously, but it has the same sort of like Correct. here. Very here much you're so, yes. presented with. That's cool. I kind of like that. Huh. I really, I really dug it. Nice. I thought it was really neat. And it's Valerium. I'm sorry, vivarium. It's a vivarium, which is a fancy word pretty much for living in a zoo. Oh, really? Uh, A vivarium is being living in some sort of a container where you are watched. A container for living, yeah, I guess. For living in observation, correct. Well, that's like the, the, I guess you would say the same thing is in, um, oh, I'm going to, I said that now I'm blanking on the book. What's the book? Um, Oh, the one where it's it's all over the place with the guy. He's also he's a soldier in war. But then he ends up on an alien planet, and he's they're observing him. Slaughterhouse, yeah, slaughterhouse, right? Slaughterhouse five, yeah, yeah. slaughterhouse five. Yes, that's totally. Correct. So that I would say that's a vivarium. Yes, in correct. a weird yeah. way. Yeah, it it really does. Vivarium does have a Twilight Zone feel to it, very much. Oh, I like that. It's kind of like an. I remember the an trailer, and, half, and I remember Twilight going. It, I remember thinking that it it had like that Black Mirror Twilight Zone sort of vibe yeah. where something kind of peculiar going on but i i haven't i kind of forgot that it it uh it came out so it just came out kind of quietly but yeah. i i i really dug it it is unpleasant <laughs> but, <laughs> but it, but it is very fun yeah <laughs> all right that's fantastic Sounds like it's on the edge of something that i might like like there's enough weird yeah. line in the middle that i might still enjoy it sounds like a good so. uh trailer rewind sort of movie, yeah really definitely. you know sounds totally like up you guys as alley i, I love that i love the concept of that one so that's really interesting i've been playing catch up trying to get ready for our upcoming series where we're looking at uh best um best picture nominees that were the foreign films oh oh cool that's we're doing we, we've done one in the past and now we're doing the other 10 which should be really interesting to look at but part of my personal homework assignment is to watch all the films that they were nominated against just so I can compare wow. you know, did that work or not and, and what was the right uh, right one to win. So I've been watching a lot of Best Picture nominees and a lot of Best Foreign Language Film nominees, uh, some really interesting movies. And sometimes it's really interesting to see like through the years, especially the ones that when you go back into the 70s and earlier, it's like, wow, boy, there are just some odd films that are getting released that people thought were really important at the time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like what? So, Anything in particular that hit you off uh, the wall? You know, there was a, uh, you know, I, I'm blanking on the name of it. Um, it was a, um, oh, what was it? A something woman. It was, it was from the seventies that came out and it was very much a women's lib sort of movie. Like she, you know, her husband, uh, wanted a div- divorce and she didn't know what to do with her life. And then she's trying to figure it out and she finds all sorts of freedom and stuff. And I'm like, this feels very of its time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it works nowadays. Cause a, I mean, a lot hasn't changed, but a lot has changed in that context. And so watching the film, I'm like, you know, I don't think that this really is that exciting of a movie anymore. It's probably not something I'd ever want to watch again, but, but it's interesting. I, I find it, interesting to see which films are successes like i just last night i watched sounder which i hadn't seen before which was a fantastic film uh martin ritt directed it 
from 72. And it was, I mean, it's kind of a quiet story, but it's an African-American family in the, uh, just following the great depression in the thirties and, uh, just trying to make, make their lives work, especially once dad, um, commits a crime and has to go to jail. And now it's the family trying to figure out what to do. Um, but I'm like, this, it's a great story still. It doesn't feel dated. It still feels, it's an effective story. It's a great one to watch with the kids just to kind of look at this other life. So, I mean, there's still like these great gems back there that people just don't talk about. So it's, it's really an interesting project. Yeah. That's the best when they hold up like that. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see, uh, how everything shakes out by the time we get to watching all the, uh, the movies and talking about them on the show. That sounds like a great, uh, segment, not segment, Seriously. but long series, segment yeah. series that's the word look <laughs> s s words am i right yeah. okay well what's going on in movie news any uh any interesting movie news out there i have a big one uh that probably people this just came out a couple days ago but the oscars have officially been delayed to april 2021 how is that gonna, they usually would have been how is that gonna work i mean if they put it to 20 april then mm-hmm. doesn't everything just get offset going forward well, it says feature films must now fall within January 1st, 2020 and February 28th, 2021, I assume. It just says 20. Right, yeah. Wait, right. Yeah, <laughs> this no, right, article right. is not written terribly well, but yes, I assume it means that like a month, uh, a year and a month. That doesn't, it just doesn't, I feel like, number one, I feel like they're going to have to compress everything. I mean, the longer we go, they're going to keep having to compress everything. And there's no sign of the quarantine ending right now. Right. Even though we have these phased reopenings and stuff. I just, uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like. I, I almost feel like it would be better for them to just skip the year than to push it to April and put everything that's happened. Because, I mean, honestly, like, what's going to get a fair release from January of this year until then? Or do what we're yeah. doing with kids and just everyone wins Best Picture. <laughs> like, everyone graduates. <laughs> we all get oh, an award. Yeah, yeah. Everyone graduates. Every everyone gets a thing. Right. Oh, that's does that mean, well, it's, like... it's interesting you say that. I'm actually, I'm scrolling down this article that I was reading it in and, oh, it's not going to work. They say that at the end. They say, Purin, this isn't going to work. Signed to the Oscars. No, I'm just <laughs> oh, saying, okay. I think you're right. No one knows if this is going to happen or not. I think we're just still in that place. The Oscars is now just sort of like your friend's wedding. Yeah. Like it was supposed to be this summer, and now they're just sort of like, they're going to move it to October, yeah, yeah. and then to April, and then to something. Right. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. And because, I mean, I know they also, there was also just Oscar news that happened about them changing some of the rules. Like now it is 10 oh, to films, the 10. Right? right? It's absolutely always 10 films uh, moving forward until they change it again. And but didn't they say that, didn't they, I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah, Andy, no. but didn't they sort of, uh, underline that with because we're hoping for more diversity. Well, and that's the thing. Like, we're all waiting to hear what is it that they are changing because right. they're still talking about the changes coming, right? We don't know what all of the new changes that they're discussing are, um, but I know the board, the governing board right now is trying to figure out what what are these changes that are going to happen because they're pushing for more diversity. And I get it to a certain extent, because it's like, okay, if if a script, I mean, we've all looked at scripts before, for a lot of the characters in a script, it just kind of gives a vague idea as to who the person is. It doesn't necessarily specify their race. So I right. think that's what they're pushing for is there are a lot of roles in a script that aren't specified 
let's shake it up a little bit. Why do so many of them need to be, you know, just you know, white people put into those roles? And, right. and the, the potentially film just reviewed to five bloods, which was originally yeah. written for five white people. Yeah. Right. Which is, it uh, wasn't to five bloods then, which yeah, I didn't right. know until I listened to that show. I'm like, that's really interesting. Cause I think it made for a much more interesting film oh, than it would have been I agree if it was just completely. five white guys going to get some gold. Right. Right. No, I three think- Kings already did that and did it really well. Right. But, you know, yeah. we don't need another sort of thing. So, yeah, no, I, I think that's really interesting. And I, I, I can't, I mean, but I still don't understand how the concept of, of making it a regulation that there's 10 movies makes it any different than, makes it any better for diversity than if they have the ability to make it 10 movies. Like on, uh, uh, when it comes down to it, the people who are choosing the movies have got to do a better job of opening their minds to diversity to make it happen. Just uh, yeah. just like mandating that, okay, now we're going to have, we must have 10 doesn't make it natural. That isn't something that naturally makes things more diverse. Like people have no. to do the work. Yeah. No, because we already did make it. We the reason that they originally enlarged it was trying really just trying to get ratings. Yeah, oh, right. Oscars exactly. ratings have been Oscars ratings have been so terrible that they were like, we don't have enough room for room for movies like The Dark Knight, which is what rises. brought that about. Which is or what dark, brought all Knight. of that. It was The Dark Knight, not the, Rises. Just The Dark Knight. Yeah. Oh, The Dark Knight Plane. Yeah, The, the Dark, dark Knight. Class. <laughs> the Dark Knight is what that's called. The Dark Knight uh, yeah, by there, There's there's not enough room for popular movies because we have to nominate all of the the pianists, Wait. and then there's no room for black people. Well, I personally think was that's the original false logic idea. too, because just because you know, just because a popular movie gets nominated doesn't get eyeballs to the TV show. Like I, I, well, I mean, honestly, they don't know I, think, what else to do. I think the idea was interesting about the uh, allowing it between five and ten. Like, I thought that was pretty interesting because it allowed for, OK, if a film gets enough votes, then it, it counts. So obviously, like, I mean, we haven't we've never hit 10 since they came up with that rule. It's always been kind of in that, that seven to nine, seven to eight range, I think. Really. Seven to eight, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, but those were the films getting getting nominated so honestly i think if they're going to push to always allowing for 10 which i mean i don't really care because i'm always excited to just watch more movies so hey why not but if it's if it's if they're for setting it i would love to go or love to have them say and i know they won't but what were the films that didn't get nominated? Like we're just below that line in the last few years since they implemented yeah. that rule. So people could go, Oh wow. Okay. So this would have been a nominee if this had been in place, if it was an actual 10 movies. And that might be something that allows people to say, huh? Okay. Well maybe it is worth if that's the oh, sort of film that gets nominated. That's a great idea. Yeah. But they if, never if this, will. if this rule had been in before, yeah. look at this wealth of, oh, that's a great I idea. That's, a that's idea smart. Too. Wouldn't that be interesting to see what other films yeah. would have been up for Best Picture? Yes. 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 Yeah. But I know they're super secretive about all that, so eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> Until they announce the wrong movie on the Best Picture. <laughs> then they're like, we're still figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Good old Green Book. Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> no. Oh, so terrible. Uh, what, what else is going on? Uh, uh, JJ, you had something about drive-ins. Yeah, What's the well, scoop I've just with seen, drive-ins? I've been, I'm, I'm just desperate to go back to the movies in any way that I can. And, and yeah. people have been talking about how drive-ins are coming back online because it gives people a chance to socially distance in their vehicles as they watch a movie. Um, we have one out here in like 
deep, I don't even know if you can call it suburban, it might even be rural, uh, rural Oregon outside of uh, Portland and Newburgh that had opened for Memorial Day weekend. I don't know if it's open for other ones yet either. But uh, the, the question was, well, maybe why don't we just bring drive-ins back altogether? And there was this article that I found on uh, foxbusiness.com, you know, make America great again, bring back drive-ins. But um, <laughs> they, uh, they talked about why it's still really difficult to do that and why it's probably not going to happen, even though we have this resurgence in the quarantine. They, you know, they talk about that really, you know, you, you need at least three to five acres and sometimes maybe even 15 acres to have a, a, a good drive-in that's going to make money. Um, and then they talked about some of the, the technic, uh, technical restrictions as well, that a lot of the things that we get to have sort of toys in our new theaters, you know, we talk about what Atmos oh, and, right. and, and, the, and the big 4K, oh, right. 4K projectors and all this stuff, that stuff doesn't have the same, there isn't the technical a, capability to do that in a drive-in. So in a yeah. parking lot, right? In a parking right. lot. So there's 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 a, a lot of difficulties, and it, and it won't even if they did have a resurgence or or start to come back in the way that if you love drive-ins, which I kind of do, um, it's, it's not going to be the same as what watching a movie in a theater is today. So um, that was one of the things the articles that I found here is to talk about drive-ins because I think I mean honestly I'm thinking about maybe going for Father's Day, maybe going for the Fourth of July, whatever I can do to get uh, my, me and the kids out to go see a movie is is something that I, I miss uh, terribly right now. I've never seen a drive-in. Movie. Never ever. Really? Holy no. cow. Well, I've, I don't feel like I've ever been really lived in a place. Maybe I'm being the dumbest person ever, but like Boulder, Colorado, we didn't have drive-in. You didn't. But you that, know, I, I saw the Lion just King. Up, on the, on I lived just up the road from you. Did you see it at a drive-in, JJ? Yeah, I saw the Lion King at a drive-in. I loved it. Near Boulder? Or no, where? this was back in uh, suburban Minneapolis. But yeah, uh, okay, yeah okay. when I was a kid. Well, Tommy, I was in Fort Collins, and I mean, I, I went to college in Boulder with you, but uh, but yeah. obviously, you know, but I lived, you know, I grew up in Fort Collins, just north, and uh, we had a drive-in, and really? that's, that I would see, I would see stuff in there. I mean, you know, you don't go there always to watch the movie, and so <laughs> you go so there to watch something really, else. Am I right, folks? <laughs> it was a great place Yo. to go. I really yeah. enjoyed going to the drive-in. It was uh, it was fun. Um, here in huh. here in the Phoenix area, there is one drive-in that still is open and operating, and, and apparently, it has nine screens, which I did what? not realize. I'm actually looking at there's there's a website <laughs> nine driveinmovie dot com. You okay. can search in your area to see if there are nine drive-ins screens. around you. And yeah, apparently, I have. It's the last operating drive-in in the state, and it has nine screens. So, uh, and apparently, Did- we just missed National Drive-In Movie Day, which was June sixth, a few weeks oh. back. So, uh, I, I wish that I would have known. I would have taken the family, but yeah. Uh, but how fun is that? Love it. Yeah, I'm going to have to check this one out and see if they still uh, are playing stuff. They it lists as uh, as open. I wonder what they're playing right now. Cool. I would imagine because obviously they're not getting new releases, right? right? There are no new releases these days. Well, now this one, this one that I was talking about in Newburgh, Oregon, though, they played Onward. I know it's not a new release, but they played Onward, the the Disney Pixar on... uh, uh, for Memorial Day, so it's not too old either. Technically, it was a new release because that was one of the last new releases <laughs> before the quarantine, out. right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Funny, which is really I, funny. Yeah, I know from friend of the show Johnny Jackaloni who moved to Atlanta, Georgia. They were playing right around the time that it went to VO. Right around the time that it was just everything was starting to happen. Granted, Atlanta is its own sort of beast, but they were doing a double feature of The Hunt which we talked about and bad boys for life. It was always a double feature of a just older movie. And then one that sort of just came out. 
Well, look at this. Okay, so right now, the driving near me with nine screens has, has uh, just as a run-through real quick, Brahms, The Boy 2, Gretel and Hansel oh. on one screen, Fantasy Island and Zombieland Double Tap on another, oh. The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, Minions and Trolls World Tour, Braveheart and Gladiator, that's exciting, Star cool. Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Hunt and the Invisible Man. <laughs> Another pairing of recent, like last last oh, movies. Oh, that's theaters. what it was. It was it was the Hunt and the Invisible that's, Man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Like the yeah. And then Jumanji: The Next Level and Bad Boys for Life. Yeah. That's so awesome. yeah. And so that's so that's a mix of older nostalgia movies, older in quotes. Yeah. And then movies that are out on Redbox. Right. right exactly. Now. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they're just playing? Red boxes? Like, can, do they, like, do you need reel to reel for a thing or could you just like project a DVD player? I, I mean, that's what, who isn't doing that? Because right. I mean, I go right. to some of these like fathom event type of screenings and I feel like they're just playing it off of a recording, off of a disc. So yeah. I'm not, right. I mean, what movie isn't getting that played that way anyway? So, right. Well, it's interesting. Amazing. I actually might uh, might go. It'd be fun to take the kids to see something. Of course, what city is for it me in, with in the Arizona? Kids, it's like uh, it's in Glendale, so it's oh, uh, it's sure. not not too far from me. So yeah. so yeah, we'll have to see. I'll have to keep an eye on this now, and uh, I think it might be fun to go and experience it again. I haven't done it since uh, since high school, so it'd be it'd be an inter- interesting and fun experience. I had one that I'm excited about. It's a book that I read a little while ago by Adrian McKinty. It's called The Chain. Mm. It's got kind of a classic uh, thriller, grab you by the pants, grab you by the pants. No, I'm just making up (laughs) phrases. It grabs you by the pants. That's the blurb. Uh, Basically, it's about uh, this woman, this mom, who learns that her 11-year-old daughter has been kidnapped. And the only way to get her back is to kidnap another child. What? What? That the chain is that there is this um, uh, mysterious other, not otherworldly, there's mysterious jerks who have realized that they can go, they can go family by family and have a continuation of kidnappings and then they get paid the uh, ransom money. And it goes and it goes and it goes because a parent will do anything that it takes to save their child. So really, and the only thing that the children will only be hurt is if the people don't kidnap the next child or if they try to go to the police. It's pretty gripping. It's also kind of dumb, but it's mostly pretty (laughs) gripping. What I really like about this is um, Baby Driver Helmer, Edgar Wright is going to be directing it. Ah, that sounds fun. and uh, Jane Goldman, who wrote uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, is one of her last movies, is writing the script. So that's a great team up. And the movie does have some, I'm sorry, the book does have some, the whole thing is about walls closing in. The whole thing is about desperation, which can be tough. But in Edgar Wright's hand, I think could be kind of enjoyable and fun and just sort of like this adrenaline trip. Uh, yeah. And so I'm really excited about that. It's been around uh, since last July, and it's gone through a little bit of a bumpy road, but uh, apparently this packaging is all set up, so it's exciting. Cool. Wow, interesting, interesting. I wonder when they'll finally get to shoot it. I know people productions have been starting already, so maybe they'll be able to start it sooner than later. It sounds different for Edgar Wright, though. Definitely. It, it does, yeah. It sounds like more of him sort of, but it also, it's a very nimble and mischievous kind of for a thriller Mm -hmm. it's not sort of like 
angry and dark and a little bit ponderous like Gone Girl. Yeah, There's something yeah. you can see what would maybe, if he wanted to make one of these movies, one of these huge bestseller, I'm going to not cash in, but just like I'm going to put my brand out there for this. It's going to make sense for him. So it's kind of like if Ransom was a musical? It's kind of like if Ransom was a musical. Hey, wait a minute. What? You just took that right out of my mouth. That's amazing. <laughs> Awesome. Wow. It sounds uh it sounds cool. I look forward to watching it whenever that actually happens. Uh-huh. Well, guys, should we uh move on, play a little bit of I think we were gonna try playing the IMDB game. Yeah. You wanna give that a whirl? Let's do it. Oh, we do that next before trailers? I love it. Right, we excited? Do, yeah, we're shaking things up, Tommy. We're gonna I have no it. idea. Yeah, we'll do I trailers later. Okay. Trailer schmailers. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I forgot my list. I have a list too for you guys. Okay, so the IMDb game, this is a fun game where you look up somebody on IMDb and the other people have to guess. IMDb is, they list four films that they say that person is known for. It's like almost like the headline. Yeah, right, right. Right at the top. It's an odd list though because it's never just the four that you think they would be known for it's they always change it up a little bit so it's kind of fun to uh to kind of see what uh what is on there so i figured you know what let's uh let's play a little bit of imdb game and see uh see where we land with things so uh, and i've never played this before i think uh i think you we thought did. that maybe we, we, we i thought i think you thought we played this during uh the op- the ending credits of marvel movie minute and you know what maybe we did <laughs> why am i who am i to like come out strong with an opinion about something that happened in my past okay go ahead <laughs> All right. So I figured, you know, we just talked about Defy Bloods. And so I say, hey, you know what? Let's look at Spike Lee. Let's kick it off with him. So if you two had to pick the four films that IMDb says, and you guys can't look, don't go on your computers and go to IMDb and look. Do we have to get them in order? No, No. you don't have to get them in order. But what four films would you say IMDb's algorithm says these are the films that Spike Lee is known for? Uh, Okay. When do we start? Go ahead. Uh, do the right thing. Okay. Oh, wait. You want me to hear my four? Yeah, or, okay. or both of you. Tommy, you can throw or, out four together. Want, okay. So I'd say do the right thing. Um, Mo Betta Blues. Oh, wait. Tommy, are you waiting for me? I thought you, I thought you were going to help me here. Yes. Oh, don't no, wait No, I me. think we're doing four. I don't want to compete. Oh, because I, I, I want to compete. Four. Do your four. Do Only four because I don't, agree, I don't agree with one of your picks. Oh, already, you don't. <laughs> so we, we, have, we have to do our separate picks, okay. unfortunately. Oh, I don't want to compete. I want to collude. Um, oh, okay. I'm going to oh, fail. We can do that. I don't, I'm going like, uh, uh, to give uh, up above, at this point. I, I agree with um, do the right thing. Yeah. I disagree with Mo Better Blues. Okay. I would say either 25th Hour or Inside Man or both. Okay. Inside Man is one of his biggest commercial hits that he's ever had. I would also maybe put to five bloods up there because I always feel like one of the four is recency. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so my votes so far for three of them are do in no particular order to five bloods, do the right thing inside man. And the fourth, I think it's a, a big tie between the 25th hour Malcolm X and uh, <laughs> he's he's got quite a few films that he's directed. I know twenty eight films. Maybe Crooklyn. No, I'm gonna. So I, those are my. I'm gonna let you pick the fourth, JJ, because oh, I say muscled X, you out of that one. Was a choice. I'd say Malcolm X. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So we then we say, wait, Do what the right were our four? Then Do the Right Thing, Defy Bloods, Inside Man, Malcolm X. I love it. 
Yeah, that's a, right. that's a we... great lineup, and you're fifty percent there. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> do the right thing in Malcolm X. Yes, those okay. are the top two. Next, she's got to have it. His first film, really, and then wow. Jungle oh, Fever. First... This is the IMDb algorithm playing what? with you guys, right? He's got Jungle Fever. <laughs> I would have said Mo Better Blues over Jungle Fever. I would have too. Well, I love it. For it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I love know, it. You never know. What? Okay, so do you want to stick with going down the kind of the Spike Lee Five Bloods route? What do you mean? Stick with it. Sure. Well, Delroy Lindo is next on my list. I don't know if I know Ooh. enough Delroy Lindo movies. Well, that's, that was my uh, question, yeah. Wasn't, like, was he in Heist? He was in Heist, right? That's what, I, Tommy, am I right about that? Heist? Yes. Heist in right. Heist? Was he in yes. Heist? Yes. Yes, he was. He was that's the only yes. movie that I really Bobby know him Bob for. Bobby That's the only movie that I really know him for. So that's what I would throw Yeah, that it. might be a little bit tough. Yeah, okay, okay. A good four. All right, let's do um, who's somebody that you both absolutely will know. Hmm. How about Kate Winslet? Oh, that's a good one. Sure. All right. Kate Winslet, you guys. Oh, and just so you know, Delroy <laughs> Lindo, his four are Get Shorty, The Core, Malcolm X, and Ransom. Yeah, I didn't. What's so. The Core doing on there? Right? I, right? <laughs> Ransom. I, I to- all the, the other three, I totally get. The Core? Yeah. Does yeah. Hillary Swank own IMDb? <laughs> Is it because of Hillary? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, all okay, right, Kate, Kate Winslet. Winslet. That's Kate Winslet. Winslet. I'll say Beautiful Creatures, Titanic. Um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and uh, was she in? In, I think. Wait, Kate Winslet in. Wait, hold on. Do those again. Kate Beautiful Winslet. Creatures, Titanic, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and then I'm. Oh, Eternal Sunshine. And then I'm, I'm thinking sorry. the holiday was isn't she? It's her and Cameron Diaz. She's right? in the holiday. Yeah. yeah so I'll say those four. And Cameron Diaz, right? What was the first one you said for the fifth time? Beautiful Creatures. Beautiful Creatures. Oh, wait, am I getting that wrong? It's not beautiful. beautiful heavenly creatures. creatures. Heavenly, heavenly creatures. creatures. Heavenly creatures. Heavenly creatures. That's what I was thinking. Right. Okay. That's that's what was sticking right, in right, my right. craw. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Wasn't beautiful creatures the um kind of the teeny teen sort of thing? Yeah. It's um Tommy's showed it to me. So that's um it's from uh the Lord yeah. of the Rings director. No, no Richard Le Gravenez directed it. What we're talking about? But, but he he asked who what beautiful okay, creatures. I'm talking. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. you're yeah, saying no, beautiful creatures, creatures is uh, what a yeah, YA totally like heavenly witch creatures, movie. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, heavenly exactly. creatures is the one that I see. I will switch. I'll take JJ's, but I'm going to switch out the holiday with. Either the reader or revolutionary road. Oh, those are good ones. And I have and a backup. I have a number say, five for mine too. I'm gonna say the <laughs> I'm gonna say the reader and Titanic, yes. Heavenly creatures. I mean, yeah, heavenly creatures, yes. Real big one. Eternal Sunshine was great. Yeah, I'm gonna say all of those. So if I say if any of those movies that have been mentioned, I get credit. And the trade out one that I would put in would be Finding Neverland. So that's I bet Revolutionary Road is a good one, Tommy. I'm wondering what what comes up. Well, for Kate Winslet, you guys uh got you got three out of four. Good. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is her first one, and then Titanic, which is an interesting positioning for that one. Then Revolutionary Road is on there, which is Kind of a surprise for me, but last but not least, sense and sensibility, which what? I absolutely love. Oh, but huh. uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that that's okay. the uh, that's her fourth wow. one. And did you know she's in Avatar two? I did not know that. No, no, that's fun. Yes, that means she's in uh, quarantine right now down in New Zealand, waiting with everybody else to uh, to get through that so they can start filming. I bet she'd be fun in quarantine. <laughs> 
<laughs> she seems like a puzzle. Doesn't she seem like a puzzle person? If she's anything like her character in extras, absolutely. <laughs> a puzzle person. Okay, uh, last one. Who okay. uh, who should we pick? Let's do. Do I do Denzel? Oh, that's a good one. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I Denzel love it. Denzel Washington, you guys. Four films that IMDb says he is most known for are Glory, in no particular order. Glory. I'm putting that up because he won the Academy Award for it. Okay. Um, did he? Mm-hmm. He did. Or he was at least nominated. He sure did. I'm pretty sure he won. I yeah. Did he won, um, he won for that. He won for, uh, he's won for two films. I know. That, and I'm, yeah. The other one, American so Training Gangster. Day, is the one that I will put up. It would, it definitely. Is oh, that that's interesting. I didn't remember him winning for Glory, and I love Glory, but um, well, supporting actor and actor. So yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So American Gangster, maybe. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, that's uh, what I need to rewatch. I really Inside like Man, just because apparently I can't stop mentioning Inside <laughs> Man. Mine are Glory, um, Glory, Training Day. Uh, Malcolm X, Malcolm X, and Flight. Oh, there's a good. Say movie. those again. Glory, I might just join you on those. Training Day, Malcolm X, and Flight. Let's I, do it. I will say, just in case you want to change anything, he let's has, not do it. He has directed some movies as well, oh. and there might be something oh, he's directed on the list. Fences. Oh, Fences is his most recent, isn't it? Yes, it is his most recent directorial effort. Um, so okay, so then I'm going to say he's on the only list one, and it's fences. <laughs> okay. Do I not understand how this game is? <laughs> yeah, you, that's fine. You can list it however you want. Okay, so fence. So what's it taking place of then? Uh, like what flight. are the four now that you're putting fences on? I would say it would take the place of flight if that was the case. But that's you okay. know again. I yeah. I'm fine with that. Okay. Well, you're not quite as far as you were. You're, you're at 50%, but you're better than hey. you're better that you added fences. It's a game Good called job Adding fences to the list. Fences, the book of Eli. Oh, sure. Training day. <laughs> yeah. And the last one, his first directorial effort, Antoine Fisher. Oh, cool. So two films that he's directed are in his top. Go did. for it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Huh? He sure did. Nice. The well, book that was of Eli. Fun. Yes. That's the IMDb <laughs> game, and it's a fun one because it is always perplexing. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone ever gotten 100% since you've been playing it? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. so we did it a lot on Marvel Movie Minute when we were going through Iron Man, and I don't think people, because the algorithm is like, really? That's the movie they put on? Right. You know, it's so strange. Like, uh, just out of curiosity, now I want to see what they list for Robert Downey Jr., because I know we were always like, huh, okay. Less than zero. And, no, no, it was Iron Man, no. Avengers, Sherlock Holmes, and Iron Man 3. That's the what? one. It's like, Iron Man 3? But that's like a really, really thin part of his catalog. You know what it is? You know what it is? There's like this guy named Steve. <laughs> and it's whatever movie he just watched. Right? <laughs> Because he just finally got around to three, and he's like, wasn't as good, but better than two. And then they have to put that up. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to remember that now for IMDb. Okay, for the fourth one, what did Steve just what watch? What did Steve just watch? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. All right. Well, let's do trailers, guys. Let's keep moving. All right. Oh, so, and that wasn't our Steve. You no, know, I just, no, no, I just, no, no, just, just a name. Steve. Just forgot. Okay, Steve. Right. Right. He's hey, different Steve. than yeah. Karen. Let's just yeah, let's, right. let's let people change know. To, let's change to Kyle. Kyle yeah, right. we have a Kyle. Too. Well, we Classic. have a Kyle. <laughs> how, about, how about Irwin? Can it be Irwin? That works. 
Steve Irwin. <laughs> that Very works nice. for me. That's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do trailers. Tommy, you are up first. You uh, got yours in there. I did, and it's the first time that I've ever been first in anything. <laughs> no, it's called this. I like this trailer because I was like, Ugh. I was like, oh no, this is going to make me cry. And then I was immediately cheesed out. It was like, look, you idiots. And then I started tearing up. <laughs> it's, it's a documentary called Dads, directed by Dads for Dads. It's, direct, it's directed actually by Bryce Dallas. Bryce Dallas. Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, executive produced by a bunch of, uh, older men, including her father, Ron, and it's talking about to famous and non-famous talking about the path of fatherhood and raising sons and daughters as a dad. And I wonder if maybe that's, it's about time that men got something. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) No, but apart from that horrible joke, that is something that you don't talk about as much is dadhood. And I kind of really loved it. And there's this one really great part of the trailer that I thought that Will Smith goes, you buy a TV and there's a hundred page instructional <laughs> pamphlet. And then instead they give you this little human and there's nothing. And he does a real Will Smith, nothing, uh, which is exciting. And it just made me kind of tear up and excited. And it's because it feels like it's the story about me and Foster, my dog Foster <laughs> finally brought to life. <laughs> Because I know exactly what it's like to raise a child. You do. You, you do. Just you like know. you've been just through like you it all. <laughs> just with Foster. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me. What you guys think? It reminded me of the the Have a Good Trip psychedelics uh, documentary that's on Netflix right now. Um, oh. Really, just because it's talking about people's direct experience and really made to be uh, lighthearted and fun. And that's something that's interesting. Like you don't see that all the time, and that and that's why I think this is really kind of a cool thing to have out before Father's Day. But with also grown men breaking into tears talking about their children, which apparently. Is is a trigger for me. It works. <laughs> yeah. Trigger for me too, man. I was like, ah, man, rarely does a trailer do that to me. But geez, yeah. you you watch these dads like breaking up, trying to talk about their kids and and the you know the joys and struggles of raising them and stuff. I'm like, oh, me too, me too. Yeah. Some <laughs> some of us get. I did have a little bit of problem with a lot of the sort of. Uh, superlative language that they used in it where people were talking about how like and now you're the center of their world and I'm like there <laughs> is another parent in some cases that gets some attention but anyway yeah. just the two <laughs> that's Will Smith <laughs> we can make it if we try very nice <laughs> no I think it looks really interesting it should, be a, it should be an interesting documentary it's nice to see and I think is. This isn't the first time Bryce Dallas Howard has, has directed, right? She did a <gasps> thing of... Um, oh, is that true? She directed... No, it's not. She did uh, something of... Episodes of the Mandalorian. the Mandalorian, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She did the one that is my least favorite episode. Oh, you didn't like that episode. I loved that episode. I thought it was <sighs> really, really good. Yeah. No, it was uh, it was a little tougher for me. Okay. Well, it, honestly, there were a few episodes where it's just like, I felt like the story had moved from the story and we were just having like adventure episodes. Yep. Yep. And she, hers you, was one of those. You felt the episodes were a little episodic? <laughs> they hit that point. Yes, they did. But you know what? I'm thrilled that she has shifted into doing some directing, and I hope she does more because I love female voices out there. I just I love the idea of this documentary, and I'm excited to see what she brings to it. So, yep, I like it too. Cool. When's it opening, Tommy? Or when does it come out? Because it's not uh, opening anywhere. It's an Apple TV thing, right? Yes. It's on Apple TV, so we'll never know. <laughs> Is that not the right way to say that? At some point, it will come out on your TV in the end. I assume it's set up for Father's Day, right? For this Sunday? That sounds good. Yep. 
I did my research, so I can definitely say yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have bet it is probably Father's Day. June 19th. There you go. So actually, that's there tomorrow. There it is. It tomorrow. tomorrow. It's, it's well, June 19th. It's and I said that. Yesterday. And I knew yesterday, that it was yesterday. Based on when this episode comes out. And as all listeners will agree, I was the one that knew the date, and I said it. And that that's was my right. fact. And I did the research, and that was me. Great. <laughs> that was you. You, you did a great job of imitating my voice, Tommy. It's amazing. It's uncanny. Well, interestingly, um, I'm I'm up next. My trailer uh, is for a film that also opened yesterday, just like yours online. It's called Looks That Kill. It is a dark rom-com. And it is about a kid who is born with this strange, I don't know if you'd call it a superpower or what it is, but apparently... His face is so lethal that from the moment he's born, anyone who looks at his face, except perhaps his parents, will die. They just But drop it seems to be lethally dead. beautiful. Right? <laughs> right. It's not that he's yeah. ugly. Like, he's right. so, so gorgeous. That's why this one is also my life story. Just like <laughs> I I think that it it did kind of a, a an interesting shakeup with the whole world of rom-coms and doing something that's really interesting where his face is so lethally attractive that he just makes people drop dead of from the simple gaze of it. And here's this kid. He's a 16 year old when we have the story and he's walking around with his face, like half mummified wrapped up and always wearing sunglasses. And he falls for this girl. And now he's trying to figure out, well, what do you do? How I can't show you my face. And, and at the very end, we get a tease. She's taking out the sunglasses while he's sleeping is she gonna die it really kind of piqued my curiosity i'm like okay this is shaking it up the genre in a way that i think i might really enjoy so what'd you guys think well it's really shaking up young adult also yeah yeah that it's right, never right. the fact that he's so handsome that he can't show his face really flies in the face of most i am the only one that understands me and i'm an alien and i'm alone and i'm the grossest person in the world until i find that one person that can love me for me now yeah. this is sort right. of now i'm an alien sort of but i'm such a good looking alien that no one can understand me unless they do. i mean it, 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 it nails the alienation but does turn right. it in an, in a way in that i'd be interested way. to see if the movie has something to say about that yeah. Yeah, Instead right, of right. just, I hopefully it's not just, oh, what an interesting conceit, because there might be some interesting turns to take about that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, you know, and it's weird. It reminded me, well, uh, first, I, I liked it too. I actually thought about doing it for my trailer as well. It reminded me of the, the point of something like Six Feet Apart, where mm. these two oh, sure. kids fall sure. in love, but they can't they can't interact or they could potentially kill each other. So, um, and I actually really liked that movie. I saw it in the theater. Um, and it's again, Romeo and Juliet over and over and over again. It is. It's star crossed lovers. Well, we just can't, it's two young people that are not allowed to be together for whatever reason. Yes. Yeah. 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 Love it. it. It also reminded me, I don't know if you guys remember from, you know, there was this back in the a- early 80s, there was a cartoon like Saturday morning cartoons, you know, it was a big thing in the in the uh, in our childhoods. There was a thing called the Plastic Man Comedy Adventure Show. And there was a show on it <laughs> called familiar. Mighty Man and Yuck. And it was about this millionaire superhero of course, they're always super millionaires who who he had super strength in flight, but he also had a partner who was a dog named Yuck, who was the world's ugliest dog, who walked <laughs> around wearing a, a dog house, a small dog house on his head. And sometimes in order to defeat bad guys, he would take his his doghouse off of his head and show his face to the bad guy. And they would like freak out. They would like look and petrified and they would fall over. Uh, I'm assuming unconscious because this was a Saturday morning show. 
And wow. I, I was like, I, I thought I, it's a weird cartoon. And so it was something that burned into my brain, but that's something else that stuck in my head when I was watching this. It's like, wow. Oh, it's like what's it, what's it called again? Mighty Man and Yuck. Y-U-K-K. Wow. Yeah. So what a strange right. little uh, flashback wow. yeah. this movie b- brought me. But uh, yeah, there you go. Well, like I said, this opened uh, yesterday, June 19th. Uh, it's streaming, so you can find it out there online and check it out. So, all right, Perfect. JJ. So my you. trailer is called Volition. And Volition, I just found this today. I didn't know anything about it until I, I, I saw it. And it uh, they say it's coming July 10th. But also that it was a 2019 movie, so I think that's all kind so of. So might have strange. played it. it might have played at a festival or something. Right. Yeah. So, um, and it's 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 weird. It's a thriller. It's about a man. The the trailer goes pretty far along the line to tell you what's happening, but doesn't help tell you why or how it's going to reason out. And that's that this guy has some sort of clairvoyance, and he's being used for criminal enterprises. And at some point, he gets to the thing where they talk about like solving the mystery of why he's clairvoyant and how they're using him and what he can be used for and stuff. And I think it what I think what jumped at me about it is that it's it's being set to be released on July 10th. Right now, there hasn't been a lot explained about the Christopher Nolan movie Tenet, but it has something to do with some otherworldly brain power and the last that I heard about that you know, it, its original release date was July 17th. It was being moved back to July 31st. And, you know, they're definitely waiting for a theatrical release for that. So it's really interesting that this is sci-fi thriller, sci-fi thriller, all with the same sort of trust someone, trust no one kind of thing. The trailer itself reminded me a little bit of Memento. It felt like they were kind of pushing towards the whole Memento thing where they were using someone's affliction to benefit themselves in a criminal way. I'd be interested in seeing it. Um, I don't know that it's going to be great, but the trailer was enough to get me interested about it. And I am like salivating for Tenet right now. So um, I'm totally on board for when something like this comes out. Well, it's a 6.9 right now on IMDb, which is, you know, pretty, pretty decent score. So it could be a fun one to check out. I, uh, I mean, it's not a ton of people who have voted on that to see it, uh, but you know, I, I don't know. It looks totally up my alley sort of thing that, uh, that honestly I should have seen it last year at the Phoenix film festival when it, cause apparently it played there. Oh, it was there. Cool. And it's festival run. I, I didn't, I didn't know that I didn't see it, but I, I, the trailer just had all kind of the vibes of the sort of sci-fi thriller that I love. Sure. And I think in one of the quotes that it had in the trailer, it's like a time, a time bending, thriller you know sort of thing and you know time crimes was a film that pete and i talked about on the show yeah. and we absolutely love and this it doesn't I look like, like the total time travel sort of thing but it has that vibe so i definitely want to check this one out nice no it is one of those i mean i was did you know about it before tom never oh. not at yeah. all yeah. um uh, but and I still feel like I don't know about it. It is interesting the what you said of like I can't tell if it's going to be good, but I'm really interested <laughs> in it because yeah. it also could be called vague. Right, the movie. Yeah. They're just like, <laughs> what do you mean? How come? You were going to find out later. Maybe what? Put that down. And it's like okay, <laughs> I get it. Uh, I mean, you, I can't tell if it costs one million or thirty five dollars. Yes, like there's one helicopter shot. But no, I mean, I like the idea of. 
Uh, and what really got me into it was also some of the blurbs bringing up sci-fi that they bring up. What hooked me was what you already brought up, JJ, is we're going to figure out where this came from. Yeah. He didn't just wake up with this. There's a bunch of pictures of like, it seems like maybe science experiments, maybe something went wrong. I would like to find out that mystery because I don't understand what he's supposed to be. How do you, he knew about the drop beforehand, but how did you know it was supposed to go good? Uh, it reminds <laughs> right, me of right. like old, when we used to make fun of trailers before, but no, I mean, <laughs> love it. I think it's time for our list guys. Okay. So, I got uh, I gotta, right, I gotta go grab I have mine. I got to get them. I'll be right back. Yeah. Go get it. Go get it. Um, so we are uh, this week on the show. We released the, our episode on Hitchcock's North by Northwest, which stars Cary Grant. We, it is part of our Cary Grant series. And so part of, uh, part of that is people, get to vote on what list we're going to talk about as we put together lists of movies and in this particular case they voted on us talking about movies with the everyman who is mistaken for a spy and where does it come so, from why, why this is in relation to which movie from the main in show? north by northwest okay north gotcha. by northwest alfred hitchcock very cool uh, of course in that one roger thornhill is mistaken for a, a spy <laughs> and the, what's great about that movie is the good guys are like that's great. Let's leave him there. Let's yeah. let him think he's this guy. And uh, we'll just keep doing our stuff. Love so it. it's very funny. So, uh, but yeah, every man mistaken for a spy. That is what we're talking about. So Tommy, you got your trailer first. That means you get to go first. So let us know what is the first movie on your list? This was hard for me because I could, I could think of a ton of, not a ton of every man, mistaken as a spy i was like north by northwest oh wait <laughs> right that's where this came from right. and the wrong man like i got i just came to the ones so instead if it's okay i kind of pushed it a little bit more to mistaken identity that's you know, being steve mis- cheats every week so <laughs> oh good so i'm this i'm the steve this week just in that and it's not just mistaken identity you're 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 jake no you're kyle you're being mistaken for being in a higher agency okay than you are okay that that's that's how i'm making it okay is like People wrongly think you're so much more important and therefore usually dangerous. So we have to go at go after you. Right. And so my first one is drum roll. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's one. It actually I'm going to uh only potentially steal it uh from under Andy because I know that it's also one of his favorite movies ever, but is the movie Brazil. Oh. Ooh. By Terry Gilliam, because in Brazil, uh, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, I actually just rewatched it. Uh, I had forgotten why he is sort of kidnapped by the government at the end. It's because he's arrested for treason after joining information retrieval. And they think that he is maybe an anti-government sentiment. Sentiment? Right list, whatever that word is. <laughs> and so he, who is just the most everyman pencil pusher in the world, who just made the wrong mistake of falling in love with the wrong girl, is instead held up for high treason and is sentenced to torture and potentially death. No uh, spoilers. I think so that's that is perfect. <laughs> I don't think that's stretching at all. What do you think, Andy? I think it's fine, especially because he's hanging out with a, quote, terrorist, somebody right. who's running around right. fixing fixing all the problems that the government has created. Oh, the renegade air conditioner repairman. <laughs> right, exactly. Robert De Niro. <laughs> right. right, Tuttle, right. He, that, I it. think that works great. So, okay, Good Eddie, pick. you're next. 
All right. For my first pick, I am going to a film that, you know, I would never would have thought of to put on this list. But then I'm like, you know what? Weirdly, it fits. It is a Disney film. It's animated. And it's it's like the last movie that Disney should have had any right in doing an animated version of. Because it's like, really? That's a pretty dark book. But here they are doing an animated version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, there is a point in that film where oh. Quasimodo and Phoebus, the guard uh, who ends up working with Phoebus, they are trying to figure out uh, where or like how to get in touch with kind of like this, the secret gypsy group. And they go in through this, the secret tunnels and all this stuff. And you get this fantastic musical number when they get caught by kind of all the gypsies where they sing this great song and put them on trial because they think these two are spies for uh, for uh, Judge Frollo and they are that that he they are going to go report to him where they are and so they do this whole trial with them and everything before uh, Esmeralda stops them and everything but Huh. I love that. That's uh, you know, I love that film. There are some issues with the gargoyles and stuff, but yeah. I'm like, there are some seriously dark <laughs> moments in a Disney film when you have Judge Claude Fro- Frollo like fantasizing about this this phantom uh, gypsy woman in his fireplace. It's like, wow, this is this is a Disney movie for kids. People <laughs> people forget about it all the time because it's super problematic and super weird. But the musical numbers are great, and the animation is yes. really solid too. So I mean, that's Gorgeous, one of those ones yeah. that people. People forget to bring up all the time. Yeah, and there you go. Every man, every man, uh, two of them uh, suspected for being spies. I so. am sure I that it. you stole that from no one. So I think that's good. <laughs> um, all right, JD, okay. what's up for My you? My first one is the original, the first international man of mystery. Austin Powers has a running gag throughout the movie. The she's a man, man thing in it, where like he gets delivered a drink in the in the bar when he's talking with Elizabeth Hurley by a woman, and then he turns around and punches the woman in the face and she's a man man and then of course it's a man who he knocked out well at one point his um his superior <laughs> officer or his his cue uh introduces him to his mother <laughs> and austin punches his mother out and knocks her down and it's like she's a man man but it's not it was really just basil's mother so um yeah he's constantly thinks he has an idea of who are men and who are women uh, and who are spies not, nice. not that one. And Tommy, I had to cheat too. I actually had to look up the definition of spy to see how far I could stretch. Uh, being <laughs> yeah, mistaken as I'm still worried. So, I'm not like sure it. how I'm going to okay, do. Okay, that's my yeah, first one. But that's great. Totally okay. I think that's a great one to get on the list. Great. So Tommy, next pick. Number two. What Back is it? to me. The Three Amigos. Oh, that this okay. is the story of these three guys who are just, uh, they think that they're, um, you know, they're uh, old timey movie actors yeah. and they think that they're being uh, put in this new situation. And instead, they accidentally invade El Guapo and his gang of <laughs> bandits and have to save a town. Uh, El Guapo and his gang take them on their, you know, as the enemy combatants that they are and that's spy ish sure <laughs> three amigos I'll take it totally works totally okay, works. good love it uh sure sounds great all right for my second pick i am going with a movie that i really really enjoyed when it came out i i want to see it again to see if it holds up but it is a film that I think uh, it, it had a lot of fun kind of playing with everything that Hitchcock was doing uh, and just everything with the whole trope of uh, an everyman who is mistaken for a spy. It is, of course, the Bill Murray comedy, The Man Who Knew Too Little. Right. Oh. 
And uh, what a fun film that was, uh, because he is he went into this whole thing thinking that it was a birthday present from his, I can't remember, a brother, I think, who gave him this experiential, the game type of birthday present where he's now in this spy game. And so he's running around pretending he's a spy because he thinks everybody's in this game thinking that he's just acting like he's a spy. But in fact, everybody's actually trying to kill him. (laughs) Bill Murray... At his finest. It was a really funny movie, movie, The Man Who Knew Too Little. I should watch that. Groundhog Day was one of my Gap movies that I had to go and watch during quarantine. That's one of the things I've been trying to do during quarantine is watch my oh, Gap movies. Oh, you're doing that? I saw, yeah, and I saw Groundhog Day. I, I need. Uh, I haven't seen The Man Who Knew Too Little either. I should see that as well. Check it yeah. out. Check it out. It's. Uh, I'd be curious to know if it holds up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I and I didn't love Groundhog Day, but I but I understand why it is such an important movie for so many people of its time, for sure. Sure, sure. My number two movie is one that I thought I would need to steal, but it's kind of weird and you kind of have to work your way into it. So maybe that's why. But it's True Lies. And True Lies, of course, you have the Mm. weird thing of, of course, the everyman who is a spy. But then once you get into it, you get Jamie Lee Curtis, who is the wife of the everyman who is a spy, who then gets put into service and gets mistaken for a spy in doing the things that she's doing. So I use Jamie Lee Curtis in this instance, especially the scene where she sent in to take care of the guy and doing the dancing and in and, and it's actually Arnold Schwarzenegger doing it yeah so I don't know if it qualifies but I think there's enough uh, for me there's enough uh, gray area of every people masquerading and being mistaken as spies that it worked for me I love that I really want to see that one again yeah, that's great Waiting for James Cameron to get off his Avatar butt and start releasing some of his older movies. Oh my gosh, you guys, I just said I liked a James Cameron movie. Write it down. (laughs) Somewhere. Right there. (laughs) It's it's recorded. We've got it. Okay, Tommy, last pick. What's your number one? Last pick. This goes against something that I sort of just talked about recently (laughs) in another podcast. But if you take it without the blue skies on Mars, I would say the 1990 film Total Recall. Beauty. Because he is an everyman, he, uh, Arnold the again the aforementioned Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Douglas Quaid, who thinks he's just a construction worker, and then instead potentially is unlocked as being a part or a spy of a huge resistance yeah. that yep. jerks don't like, and then a bunch of things happen and uh, get ready for a surprise. <laughs> okay, I, I don't want to go through the whole film, but that, that would be someone. Up. I like the idea of he of a spy who might actually be a spy and doesn't even know that he's a spy. I love that. And I think as you're mentioning this, and of course, because we have these two Arnold Schwarzenegger movies back to back, maybe the greatest conceit or the greatest achievement of Arnold Schwarzenegger's career is Mr. Universe convincing the world in repeated movies like that and Kindergarten Cop and all these things that he's an everyman. (laughs) That he's an everyman. <laughs> oh, there goes Bruce. So yeah, true. just sort of this guy. Yeah, so true. with the Austrian so accent. <laughs> yeah. It's not a Duma. It's not a Duma. Well, for my final pick, I, you know, as much as I love Tom Hanks in The Man Who, With One Red Shoe, which is one of my all time favorite guilty pleasures. Yep. Um, I. I decided, you know what, I've, I feel like I've used it a lot on this list. And since we just did our Francis Weber series a few series ago, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to put the man, uh, the tall blonde man with one black shoe on my list, which is the the French Smarty. Francis Weber film that was remade as The Man with One Red Shoe. I watched it for the first time fairly recently, and I'm like, you know what, this is a fantastic film. It is so much fun. They are, they like Weber knew how to put a, a story like this together together. 
It's just laughs from beginning to end. It totally worked. So that's my final pick, the tall blonde man with one black shoe. Interesting. Is that that's what it's called in the French version yeah. is called that? Wow. I didn't yeah. know this. Yeah, the whole conceit, if you haven't seen the man with one red shoe, is is these I mean, it's kind of north by northwestish where you have the good spies and the bad guys, uh, who the good guys are they have to pick a person to be kind of like the fake spy that they're mm. going to make the bad guys think is the real spy. So the good guys can get other stuff done. Mm. And so they're at the airport and they say, uh, they're just like, just pick someone. And so they pick, <laughs> Oh, it's him. It's the tall blonde man with one black shoe. And he just happens to be wearing one black shoe. And that's the thing that draws them in. And, uh, and, and same thing with the man with the red shoe. It's like, why is he wearing a red shoe? Who knows? But that makes for an interesting person. We're going to pick him. And now the bad guys are trying to get him. It's a fantastic conceit for a, a spy comedy. So uh, it works well in both cases. And uh, that's, yeah, I, th- I think everyone should check it out. I think I saw it on Canopy recently. So it's easy cool. to watch. Well, we don't have any crossover then. When nobody had any stealing, because my last movie is a spy comedy as well that I don't think I don't think a lot of the folks on this podcast will have seen. But I sought it out because I'll reveal the reasons in a second. But it is the spy who dumped me, featuring Mila Kunis <laughs> and Kate McKinnon. McKinnon. And um, <laughs> so the reason they're mistaken. So uh, Mila Kunis is dating a spy and she doesn't know it and he gets justin Thoreau. i think so but he's 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 taken out well he comes back yeah anyway yes that's the guy so um, that's the guy but the point you is can just say yes that's the like right. spy movie. Yeah. <laughs> so uh but because they think that he is killed and because of it he they have something of his or that the, the bad guys think that both mila kunis and kate mckinnon are are carrying it and they desperately want to find out what the heck it, why what's going on with him so their lives are threatened and along the way people think wow they're really amazing they're escaping this they're being spies themselves so they get mistaken through spies throughout yeah. i actually really liked it I think independently, Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon are both women who could do no wrong in my eyes anyway. I'll just say that up front. Together, I would probably give my life to serve them and do whatever they <laughs> wished forever. Oh, wow. Because I oh, like wow. them so, 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 so much. So, um, yeah, no, I think it was a great movie. And if you like, I mean, it's just a funny, silly comedy, but I really love both of them a whole heck of a lot. So, great choices. Good work, everybody. Lots of good movies. Well, so next week we are talking about Charade, the last one in our Cary Grant series. Uh, and so what I what things can we put forth for whoever it is who's on the show next week to pull from for their list? What do you guys think? Have you guys both seen, seen Charade? Absolutely not. No. Oh, it's a great, great one. It's, it's my favorite Cary Grant film. 1963, um, right? Yeah. Yep, 1963. Okay. And uh, with uh, Audrey Hepburn. And they are basically, I mean, have either of you seen, um, oh, um, Jonathan Demme remade it as The Truth About Charlie. Did either of you see that film in the 2000s? I think 2002. Nope. I loved it. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) That's a no. (laughs) Um, okay. I didn't see it. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, It's it's an interesting film about a woman whose husband is, is... is killed and then she learns wow there's a lot about my husband i didn't know he was actually he had stolen a bunch of gold with some army buddies and and this is why i think pete brought it up when you guys were talking about defy bloods because he stole a bunch of gold with some army buddies and then they killed him because he took the gold and did something with it and now 
they're all trying to get the money that he he basically converted it and they're all trying to get it and they think she has it and so she ends up working with this guy Cary Grant um who kind of happens upon the situation to figure out you know how to where is the money and how to get away from these people that are are trying to get it i've got one well, before you before you go i want to say it sounds a lot like the 2018 movie the spy who dumped me now, anyway <laughs> so anyway keep going <laughs> <laughs> All roads lead to the spy who dumped me. You're right. Okay, go ahead. Well, I, I will would say, say not to. G- I, I I hate giving it away, but the the money is hidden in some stamps. Weird. Yeah, he bought some very rare stamps as okay. a way to hide the money. All right. I don't know if that's oh. something we can use for the list. That seems very obscure, but still. One thing we could say kind of along the every man is a spy is a spout. Your spouse has a hidden past. Oh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. Yes, yeah. That's a great spouse one. with a hidden past. Yes. That's the first one. Um, well, you, you also, could say something about the the stamps being the MacGuffin because I'm thinking of things. So something where, but it doesn't have to be stamps. It has to be something more general, um, like weird treasure, like the idea yeah. of the obscure. The, the, Ooh, I like the, that the, weird treasure. treasure. Like, the, the, yeah. the treasure or the goal is something that isn't just gold or a bunch of cash. Right. Yeah, it's right. Something so, like would yeah. unexpected treasure. Would that make that? Would that cover it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, maybe unexpected, unexpected or unique, yeah, unexpected abnormal. slash unique, yeah. abnormal treasure. Yeah. And then what else? I'll give it all three. Ab- Abby normal treasure. Uh, charade. Oh, what about um, party games? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's definitely an odd little party game. Are you referring yeah. to the orange scene? No, he's talking about charades. Being I'm a party game. Word well, there is a moment in that movie where they go to a bar and they end up playing this really strange party game where oh. people pass an orange for it's, it's a contest between two teams who have to pa- pass an orange from the first person to the last person oh, without their using neck? their hands and it's under their neck, oh, right? Yeah. And so it spends a, a very long time watching Cary Grant try to get this orange from this strange woman. All right, it's very funny. So party games, I love that for the third option. So. Oh really? Oh, okay. Oh, one other op- well, it makes sense. One and other the, option and the show and it's called charade. So that actually is funny. right. Well, you know what? It does. The climax is in a theater. Uh, that's a big thing where you've got kind of an empty theater, empty dark theater as kind of the final, uh, the final stage for the uh, the final battle with the villain, which is really uh, kind of thrilling the way it plays out. Um, okay. You have uh, let's see. One they, other option is it's a it's a word that you can pronounce very pretentiously. Sharon. <laughs> Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Um, there's also that they bring it up quite a bit because Cary Grant was actually uncomfortable being another romantic lead. He'd already stopped being romantic leads because he felt he was too old to do it. And oh. and so they actually wrote in the script quite a lot of dialogue about the, their ages, age difference between him and uh, Audrey Hepburn hmm. because he was uncomfortable with it. And so um, you could definitely do like a kind uncomfortable of a May-December May sort of sure. uh, relationships in films, which would be an interesting one. Put it in there. I love that, I love that one. Do you want to do, I do that, that instead of party games? Yes. Do that one instead. Yes. yes. May-December relationships. Yes. Love it. All right, so we've got spouses with a hidden past, or spouse with a hidden past, unexpected slash unique slash abnormal treasure, and May-December relationships. Love it. That is a solid list. That is solid. I love it. 
All right. Well, we'll get that up on the uh, on the Show Talk channel. And for those of you who are tuning in but haven't checked it out, go to Discord. Uh, you can download Discord from the interwebs, and you can join our Discord group where you can start having conversations with all of us, all of our community. And you can just kind of chat with all of us about movies and TV, everything else that's going on entertainment-wise. And you can jump into the Show Talk channel and actually cast your vote as to which one of these you think that you would like us to talk about on next week's show. The Show Talk channel, you can access if you're a Patreon member. And of course, you can jump into patreon.com slash thenextreel or thenextreel.com slash Patreon. And you can find us there and you can support us. And, you know, it's just a great way to help the show show us that you're a big supporter. We really appreciate it. So. We did it! Yay. We did it. Yes, indeed. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, uh, Andy. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a thrill chatting with you too, and I look forward to chatting in the future. And until then, everybody, thank you so much. Have a good one. You've been sackmatted. <laughs> I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.